0: Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com to start winning.
1: You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy.
2: Welcome in. It is Thursday, December 9th at 732 Mountain Time. It means it's time for another episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am your host, Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, Good friend, co-host Scott Kennedy. Scott, how you doing this morning?
1: I'm uh, I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off this morning. So I uh, had to get a bunch of stuff done. I, I get to go to the doctor and get jabbed, poked, and prodded in an hour. So mm. I will be out just a little bit early today, um, which also means you know I haven't eaten. And you know we're going on nine thirty, and I get up at six thirty. So I'm, I'm getting
2: hangry, getting hangry. Well, let's. Uh, hopefully, the Broncos won't have anything that gets you too angry. Um, for this game today, obviously with the Lions coming up, there shouldn't be anything that gets you too angry. But we could be talking Monday about being very angry. Uh, DWI guys, never angry when you join us, Ethan. Uh, morning, gents in Broncos country. Good to see you, Ethan. Uh, Sean Burns. Good morning to all. What are the odds the Broncos pick up Russell Wilson, or do you all think they go for one in the draft? I think it's a. Uh, this is a linear logic kind of discussion here. First is, can you get Aaron Rodgers slash Russell Wilson? If yes, you don't go to the draft. If you can't get one of those two guys, maybe look at a Matt Ryan if he becomes available, maybe a Kirk Cousins, <clears throat> maybe a uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. But I think after you, if you miss out on Russell Wilson slash Aaron Rodgers, you look at the likes of like a Teddy Bridgewater, a Tyrod Taylor, Marcus Mariota, plus an early pick of the in the NFL draft.
1: Well, and one of the things I keep seeing, Nick, is, you know, we get, if we get, Aaron uh, Rodgers and or Wilson, then we go do this. No, no, you're done. I mean, you know, for the most part, your your top picks are gone for a couple of years. You're not going to go get hits and oh, well, then we're going to go get a, a first round offensive tackle to you know do the, the protect the right. No, no. Mm-mm. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking multiple first round picks, probably a, a couple of you know a second. Your first and second are probably almost definitely gone for this year. So, you know, this is a move that we like our roster now, and we've got some money in free agency. Yeah. So we could get one of these guys and still go in free agency. But as far as draft goes, maybe do you take a, you know, a a late round guy that could be a a clipboard holder, you know, a Brett Rippon type. That's what you're looking at as another quarterback. uh, If you get one of those guys, um, you know, shoot the, uh, the Packers tried to get Rodgers replacement about six years ago. How's that worked out for Jordan love?
2: (laughs) Yeah, true. Yeah, no, um, it's probably if you can't get one of those top two guys, though, then you have to readjust. And the thing about this uh, draft class is that I don't think any of these quarterbacks besides maybe Kenny Pickett, who has some flaws to his game, um, are ready to start day one. So you're going to have to match one of these young quarterbacks with a spot starter, lower tier starter type, which is nobody wants to hear that. You know, nobody's like, oh, man, let's pay Andy Dalton. Like, that doesn't get anybody excited. But you probably have to do that leading up to the draft to protect yourself and also protect that rookie once they're there so they're not thrown in when they are obviously not ready.
1: You know, and, and Nick, we said that all last year. You've got Vic Fangio coming off of two losing seasons. Um, he couldn't afford another one. He can't afford yeah. another losing season. Absolutely. So going and getting a quarterback that wasn't going to help you win this year in the draft – was uh means he was gone. I mean that yeah. was just like oh, might as well just pay me out now and and go get your your coach. It's going to grow with this quarterback. So that he went and that that helped explain the going for Teddy Bridgewater because you know we got a, we got a roster we think we can win. This is Fangio's last shot at it because again I've said before I'm surprised that he was even kept around after two losing seasons and a new general manager. Usually that he's bringing in his own guy. Yeah. Um, so if they go quarterback for, you know, draft a quarterback and move on, you're punting on 2022. And I think this roster is too talented to do that.
2: Yeah. I mean, unless you're talking about bringing a to Marcus Mariota and you kind of have a similar result to this season, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And maybe then you're stuck in, in kind
1: of in that. It, the, the difference is, is, okay, we got our guy. We got Trey Lance sitting in the wings. But, you know, there's not a Trey mm-hmm. Lance in this group. No. Um, so, well, you know, the Patriots did. Well, I got news for you. You know, the <laughs> Patriots are an exception. You know, they're, they're a little year. different.
0: Listen up, Broncos Country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tickpick is the exclusive ticketing partner
2: find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price.
0: That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets.
2: Yeah. Don't, uh, don't try to model your success uh, after the Patriots, because many have tried and many have failed. And guys, thank you so much. We got Ethan coming and kicking off the, at least for, for what I can see, I can't see the stars like Scott can, um, but the super chats, I see this one. $50 light and I'm purple on our screen. Thank you so much, Ethan, the DWI guy saying, I'm tired of the quarterback void. Oh man, get in line. It can, it can get worse. Um, unfortunately, it can get worse, but I'm tired of the quarterback void. If we have a chance for Rogers or Wilson, make it happen. I agree. And I think George Payton agrees as well. Um, The big issue on this would be there are going to be multiple teams that are after those quarterbacks, of course, because those are two of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, the two guys who are potentially not potentially for Aaron Rodgers, but definitely potentially Hall of Fame for Wilson on that trajectory at 33. So uh, Broncos, if they can get them, that'd be amazing, but there's going to be plenty of suitors and there'll be teams that have more firepower than the Broncos Eagles with three first round picks this year, Giants with two top 10 picks right now. Um, So that makes it a little bit, a little bit more difficult but uh just because other teams have more buying power but we'll see.
1: Yeah, but are they as a good a destination cuz it's going to take 3 to tango here, not yeah. 2. So yeah. if you're in Rogers, do you want to go to the Eagles. You know, do they have enough talent that you think that you can go in and win? Sure, I can give up my draft to get the quarterback, but then what? Yeah. If I'm still in a an in a upward trajectory and I'm trying to rebuild, I don't rebuild by mortgaging my future. Yeah. So y- y- Tampa Bay really put the blueprint out for you. We've got the roster. Come on in. And I, I don't think the Broncos, you know, yes, you like to have all the draft picks. Yes, you can always find another good player. But if you didn't have for two first round draft picks the next two years and you plugged in an elite quarterback, you're you're good. You're, you're okay. Fine. You're oh, fine. I was like, yeah. oh man, we really needed, what? I, need, I got. I'm going to give up my two first round draft picks. I can't do that because I've really got to fill the void of what? Dresser what? What? I mean, Quarterback. Quarterback. Yeah, yeah. That's what I've got to fill. That's the yeah. biggest. I call them uh, donut teams. You know, Texas. I think the Texas Longhorn fans got tired of me saying that. The Texas Longhorns were a donut team for a long time. You got everything except a big hole in the middle. And that's what the Denver Broncos right now are right now. So, yes, uh, I agree with you 100%. Um, if y- you got to take your shot. Take yeah. your shot. And if someone comes in and does something stupid, you know, oh, here's four first round draft picks. Then back out and say, Hey, we weren't going to do something stupid.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like Matt Stafford last year, though Stafford wasn't as interested in Denver as some other destinations, but got to shoot your shot and be aggressive there. And the thing is, when you have a quarterback like that, the point of having a franchise quarterback that caliber is that you don't have to be perfect around them on the roster game to game because that guy covers up those holes. I think people don't, I don't think people appreciate or I mean, Bronco fans in general. I mean, we had Peyton Manning here for four years and guess what? That Broncos offensive line, was bad almost every single year under Peyton Manning. Didn't matter because he was so good. Uh, He could get out the ball quickly, even though he was a statue. He was so smart at getting rid of the ball and hanging tough in the pocket in his pocket movements that the offensive line was well below average. Um, Every every single year he was here, and uh, they were getting it done. It didn't matter because he was that good of a quarterback. So you don't have to be perfect across your roster when you have a quarterback of that caliber obviously Uh, we got ashton coming in saying morning guys grateful for you today we're grateful for you ashton good morning to you uh clee coming with a joke what is what did jay-z call his girlfriend before they got married fiance i'm here for that i got i'm here for the dad jokes let's let's lean into those jeremy sean good morning nick and scott dave always coming with the support with the hearts here albert knopper is in the house good morning y'all good morning to you ej also should the broncos pursue russell wilson yes of course Miguel, good morning, fellas. And, Peter Middleton. And again, the, those guys don't come available very often. No, you know,
1: guys of that caliber do not, and they're expensive. They are expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you got money, and you got draft picks, and you got talent on your roster. Yeah. Um,
2: you and know, it I, lines I like up really the, well. I
1: accuse y'all sometimes of being too blind, getting too many blinders. You know, when you're when you're complaining about your team, say, listen, there's a lot of bad football being played all over the place. Yeah. Um, you're six and six because there's a lot of bad football being played. Um, so. It's hard for me to picture you know, who's got a roster like this around and has the money to pay these guys and, the, and, and is willing to give up the draft picks and has the talent to entice someone else. It's a short list. There's going to be a lot of people interested, but it's a short list of really good destinations.
2: Absolutely. Peter is in the house. Miguel in the house. And U.S. Dave's in the house. All you guys... Really good contributors on here consistently. I'm sure stars from Dave Glassman here. Yeah, Dave coming. came in
1: twice. He's uh he's on YouTube and uh and on
2: Facebook. Double dipping and bringing the stars on Facebook. So appreciate you, Dave. Love it. Travis is also always a pretty consistent star giver. So we appreciate you, Travis. Good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos Country. Jake Gerard coming in. Wilson, a new head coach. Automatic playoffs. That would be amazing. Um, we also got uh. Nathan Noble, we'll call him Nat Noble. Sup, y'all? Finally up for one? That's great. We're good to have you. Thanks for joining us this morning, Michael Ronquillo. Good morning, Nick and Scott. In yep. Broncos Country, appreciate the stars, Michael. Appreciate you coming in with the stars there too. Michael's always consistent coming in with us. Just like the Broncos run game is going to have to be this week. DBAs in the house too. It's going to be awesome. And uh, we got a couple more people in here, but I'll let Scott look and see if yeah. We have any. Peter,
1: Peter coming in said he said good evening. He's coming in with some stars too. So the stars are rolling in. Um, and he had a question here, and I'm just gonna since since it's we we jumped chronological order here, I'm just gonna yes, show dude. Ethan again. Ethan, thank you, sir. Appreciate yes. it for sure. Um, yep. and then he said, would you and Peter comes in with a stars question? Would you pay Teddy million to be the backup to Wilson? No. no, I don't know that I'd pay Teddy 10 million to be the starter next year. You're not doing it this year. You're not paying him 10 million, you're paying him four million. Yeah. You know, uh, we were talking about what are you? What did he cost? You know, what does it the cost of these quarterbacks? And in the chat last night, someone said, well, what was Teddy worth? Teddy was worth someone paying two-thirds of his contract and a six-round pick. You got what you paid for, mm-hmm. and you still have gotten better play than you did last year. So you got an improvement. Now, if you want to take that next jump, it gets expensive. You're not going to have $10 million on a backup quarterback.
2: No, and I saw Pro Football Focus was predict- predicting that Teddy being under 30 and playing like he is, $20 million a year for two years. So I would not pay that. Mm -hmm. I would be looking at the, if you're looking for that quarterback, I'd be, I'd take a step back um, output wise, but pay less for a Tyrod Taylor for a Marcus Mariota, which definitely I would say probably worse than Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, But you're, you're, I'd rather not pay that much for the wrong guy. You know, it's like, if if you know, he's not the guy, don't pay him too much. That'd be dumb. Uh, Andrew Baker coming in here saying morning. Y'all took the day off. God bless you, Andrew. Thanks for joining us on your day off. You could be sleeping in. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's get into this game a little bit. We got the Broncos for breakfast is the best from Airman coming in here um, and BX Bronco Jedi. Who's paying Teddy for that? I mean, you forget how much the Broncos paid Case Keenum, how much the Texans paid Brock Osweiler. You know, desperation at the quarterback results in some pretty stupid financial decisions. There, Yeah, but
1: I know it only and it only takes one. I mean, yeah. what kind of money was Kirk Cousins on? You know, Kirk Cousins is a nice quarterback, but he's got like a top two or three cap million. Hit in salary next year. I mean 45.
2: Ugh, you know 45 I mean, million.
1: I I I don't get me wrong, I like Kirk Cousins, but we're talking top three money. No, no, yeah. oh, no, no. I'm yeah. like, I wish people would just just give me one tenth of one percent and I'll help you stop making really god awful decisions and I'll be a millionaire.
2: Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's uh it's a rough place to be, and this is exactly what people were screaming about last year, uh, me being one of them, with the Broncos, uh, is that, listen, you are sitting at number nine in the draft with a class that has a lot of top draft p- prospects at the quarterback position. Now, a prospect does not equal a great player, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's obviously, when you get to the NFL... Things can happen uh, right now. We're seeing Zach Wilson struggling a heck of a lot. Justin Fields struggling a heck of a lot, both on terrible teams as well. We're seeing Mac Jones win games, only completing two passes. You know, we're not writing the books on these guys. No, tr- I mean, Trevor yet.
1: Lawrence is struggling and he still looks like a star. It's yeah. a tough league. It's it a is. Tough league. It's a tough league. The guys taking quarterbacks that high, the teams taking quarterbacks that high are up there for a reason for yep. the most part. Yep. Amen. You know, to you're that. better off going
2: 30 than three. Yeah, totally. And, it's still, I mean, as much as the quarterbacks matter, it's probably the first question, like, do I have a franchise quarterback? Yes or no. If no, you go back to the drawing board. Um, it, it's not a guarantee for anything either. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is arguably the most talented quarterback to ever, you know, put on put on cleats. And he's been to one Super Bowl. So you still got to have the other things around you. And the guy's uh, competing and uh, staying healthy. A little bit of luck there too. But um, talking about this game, obviously a little bit of luck. Something the Broncos should not have to use this week is luck versus the Detroit Lions. The Lions have been a... A competitive team this season. I will give him that. Uh, this is a team that's pretty devoid of talent across the roster. You probably knew that was coming with the likes of moving on from Matt Stafford, bringing in Dan Campbell, giving him a lot of rope uh, and leeway to get this thing right and get this team pushing in the right direction or pulling in the right direction, but they've been bad this season. Um, they played competitive games, but they are ten and one for a reason, and I think the Lions would be, it'd be best for them, honestly, to keep losing. Because right now there are four teams that are pretty smack dab in the in the top. The worst teams in football right now with the Lions, the Jets, the Jags, and the Texans. Lions, Jets, Jags, Texans. Yes, all those teams are, I would say, the worst in football. And you do not want to be picking, I think, behind those guys. Especially as the Lions, you need one of those two top two edge rushers in this class. And they don't need a tackle. We'll talk about their offensive line here in a bit. I actually really like this Lions offensive line. Um, but they could use an edge rusher.
1: Yeah. You look at the last four games and they've been, they've got a tie and a win and two losses and their two losses have been tight. So they have been playing competitively. If you go out and I don't think any, I don't think anybody on Denver Broncos, they're, they're going to get the Denver Broncos best shot this weekend. We'll find out what that is because now it's now or never for, yeah. for the Denver Broncos. And they're all saying it. It's not like you, you go through the press conferences, you watch the videos and they're all saying the same things. No, we, we got to win. You know, there's a, on this channel, there's uh, there will be a, a video published to Justin Simmons here in about two hours, I think, is when I scheduled it. When he's saying, we're not even considering the possibility that we could walk out of here with a loss because it's, yeah. it's unfathomable because that means the season's
2: over. Yeah. And we got uh, Juan coming in saying, do you still believe we make the wild card? I think it's probably a 25-75 split right now for the Broncos making the wild card or not. Um that's they're going to have to win for the next five games. And that is a pretty tough ask in Denver. Um, So will they make the wild card? It's possible. They have uh, control of that outcome, but uh, I would not say I believe in it, but I have some faith that it could happen.
1: I actually told this to, I, I can't call it a comeback because, you know, it was like 12 hours later, but we were talking about the odds that Vic Fangio comes back. And Nick led off the show with the uh, football outsiders. I believe the mm-hmm. the odds of the Broncos making the playoffs, and I think he said sixteen, seventeen percent somewhere in there. Yeah.
0: No.
1: Um, and I said, "There, there's your odds that Vic Fangio comes back then, because um, yeah. one doesn't happen without the other. And you know, even a nine and eight and the blowout in the first round, if you even make nine and eight, there's no guarantee for me that Vic Fangio is coming back as head coach. So odds that you're making the playoffs, one in five. That sounds about right." It does. It sounds about right right now.
2: Yeah, we got U.S. Dave coming in here saying, uh, talking about my city, uh, is Seattle that much worse than us that we are a better team with the same quarterback? Give up our draft picks, pay a quarter of our cap. Uh, The answer is yes. Seattle is set up terribly right now. Um, Jonathan Schneider, where everybody's like, oh, man, he's a genius. He has like a different board than everybody else. Well, maybe he'd have been better if he was using a composite draft board from like draft Twitter or something, because (laughs) LJ Collier in the first round. Nick, you've heard
1: me say it a hundred times. I really get tired of these guys that think they're gonna outsmart everybody else. Yeah, you know, it's they always fall flat on their face. One of my favorites was uh, was Charlie Weiss, the old the old schematic advantage. We're gonna have a schematic advantage over everybody we play when he went to Notre Dame. I'm like, you are a blowhard buffoon. I keep a mental list of who has made the most money and done the least in college football, and that's the Charlie Weiss Award.
2: He's definitely up there. Maybe Charlie strong. Get some, uh, get some points there as well. Charlie
1: had some decent years at Louisville. That's how he got hired to play at, uh, at got hired Texas. for the coach at Texas. And he was a damn good defensive coordinator for a long time. Charlie Weiss yeah. has gotten paid literally about a hundred million dollars.
2: Yeah. And well, his you go. resume in college football is awful. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's true. I just know that Charlie strong went to Texas. was bad there. And then, uh, that USF program, which was probably middling there for a bit, is one of the worst in college football right now, uh, with him getting fired there recently. But uh yes, Seattle is much worse. They have blown draft capital year after year. They have a terrible offensive line. And the only team I can think of that competes with the Seahawks as far as lack of defensive line talent and cornerback talent is cover your ear, Scott, the Atlanta Falcons. So uh this is a the, the Seattle is a bad team, no doubt about it. Uh roster-wise. And if you take Russell Wilson off that, I mean, they have injured Russell Wilson for sure. But right now, what do they have? Like the eighth pick in the draft, the seventh pick in the draft with Russell there. I mean, they're pretty devoid of talent and it looks like it's, it's time not for a rebuild.
1: Better. We yeah. got, we got to cash in on our biggest asset and start rebuilding and, and rebuilding this roster. Uh, Nick asked me yesterday, Dave, Uh, actually you were there. Um, You know, what do you think this team's record is? What do you think the Denver Broncos record is with Matt Ryan? Uh, I think six, I think with the six losses, I think half of those are flipped. I think with, yeah. with, Above average quarterback play, you know, eight to twelve or better. You're you're looking at nine and three right now, yeah. Um, instead of six and six.
2: Yep. No, I think that's very possible. You probably win that uh, Cleveland game. You probably win that Pittsburgh game, uh, putting you at eight and four right now. Um, and Matt Ryan, man, I feel bad for him. They've been a <laughs> that's a that's a struggle around him. But what can I don't feel do? too
1: bad for him because he's got a you know fifty million dollars next year. So I don't yeah, feel that's... too bad for him. He's getting paid well to take a beating. That's fair.
2: That's fair. Um, we got Diamond Rattler coming in, $5 on uh, YouTube. Thank you so much. And I'm sure we got some more Whoa. stars as well. I'll let uh, Scott look over some of that stuff. But I mentioned it earlier. Um, this game, the, the Broncos should win. I do find it a little bit concerning that the Broncos are, last I checked, the spread for this game is smaller than the spread for the Broncos at Kansas City game. So that says that the NFL thinks that the Broncos are further away from the Chiefs. Let me guess. Five and a half. I think it's eight. Is it really that high? Yeah, I thought it would. I thought actually the way
1: the way Detroit has been playing, I actually would have knocked it down a little bit.
2: Yeah, well, it's it's eight, and uh, Detroit's been playing better. But the Broncos this season, as we've seen, they've been erratic against average or good teams, but the bad teams, they've they stepped on the throat. Mm -hmm. And I like the the, Eagles.
1: The Eagles have been that way too.
2: Yep. Um. I the one thing that does concern me about this team the lions uh versus the broncos is that this Lions squad actually has a pretty damn good offensive line uh they've invested pretty heavily in that unit over the last five seasons and it shows um this, despite jared goff who is man you guys talk about teddy being a check down player jared goff doesn't even talk about throwing it past the sticks jared goff doesn't even throw it past the line of scrimmage a lot of time it's crazy he's just god he's not not a very good quarterback he scares me. Um, as far as maybe maybe he's a Bronco next year. God bless that would suck. Um what but all
1: I mean what yeah. a fall that's you know a number one overall uh playing in a Super Bowl and now yeah. you know now
2: you're mop up duty. I mean they, Don't pay they the mediocrity.
1: I mean, they have to go after a quarterback too though.
2: Yeah no they they're not set up infrastructure wise in my opinion um to be heavy in on the quarterback. I think it'd be yeah. smart for them to invest in the bones around the quarterback and then yeah. you're gonna suck again in twenty twenty three. You, no yep. doubt about it. The lines are going to be bad again. That's that's when I would target a quarterback.
1: Yeah, maybe go the Browns route. You know, with you know the Baker Mayfield route. You know, for the questions, I see questions about on here about you know, are would they give him a second contract? I'm like, the Browns were like four and fifty in the in the three years before Baker got there. I'm like, Baker's done a good job, and they did a good job of building the talent around him for sure too. Yeah. So, um, that's where Penn Sewell went, if I'm not mistaken. He was in yep. Detroit, correct? That was. Yep. I, I really, really liked him. I'm, I haven't been keeping up with how he's doing, but I thought he was, um, you know, y'all, y'all heard us say a zillion times, if you're drafting in the top 10, you're either going to get a really exciting player or your quarterback of the future. And that was one of those guys. And, you know, Jamar Chase, Pat Sertan, um, yeah. Jalen Waddle looked really good last week. Um, Kyle Pitts. So I think Michael Parsons might've been just outside of that, but it was, this was a fun was draft 12. class.
2: It was a fun one, um, definitely for sure. And a lot of NFL people that I talk with or that I've seen talking um, in that are connected to the personnel college college scouting circles have said that this upcoming draft class is terrible compared to last year in the top of the draft. I even saw Daniel Jeremiah share a tweet saying, like I was talking with a scouting friend of mine and he said, would any single player in this draft class be in the top 10 last year? I think that's a little bit of hyperbole because um, I think Thibodeau and Hutchinson definitely would. But Thibodeau still. and Neal. Neil as well. Yeah. Th- Thibodeau wouldn't have
1: made it past four. If if uh if Thibodeau was in there, he would have been the pick of the Falcons. The Falcons You'd, are are so desperate. Bad. Yeah. On the edge that they're, he he they're wouldn't have made it past four.
2: Yeah. Hutchinson might go number one in this class, though. We'll see. He's I mean, gosh, I'm still getting PTSD waking up in cold sweats about him just running over my Iowa Hawkeye's right tackles. Um, but yeah, no, the Lions. It's not just obviously Penny Sewell. He's the one who uh has been playing very good there at right tackle. And I remember there's a lot of Hoopla made this offseason about, oh, man, you're moving Penny from left to right. What are you going to do? He's a 20-year-old kid. Um, it's going to be a little bit up and down there, but you already have a very good left tackle that you've invested in in Payton And Taylor Decker, probably one of the more underrated tackles in football. He's been very good out of Ohio State, mid-first-round pick back in, oh, I want to say 2017, off the top of my head. Maybe it was 2016. Um, very good player. And also, they have another first-round pick on that offensive line, Frank Ragnow, who is, for my money, uh, if, if he's not the best center in football, Right now, it's going it's, would be Jason Kelsey, but like Frank now is amazing Um, from Arkansas, an absolute butt kicker. And uh, those guys concern me greatly because the Broncos this year, when they've struggled, especially on defense, it has been teams that have been able to punch them in the mouth with the offensive line, getting a lot of push. And this Broncos defensive line, while they are OK, I, they've been pretty, pretty average to poor against the run. Mike Purcell, Shelby Harris, Draymond Jones not really hanging up in the run game. So it concerns me a little bit um for that game. I think if the Broncos lose this game, the reason it happens, the number one reason it probably happens is that the Broncos lost pretty emphatically against the Lions offensive line.
1: Um real quick and then we'll get to Shane. It's just there's you can you can sell out against this running game though. You know yeah, you can. can. But uh, they can control they're, it there's they're so one dimensional. Yeah they run the ball okay but okay let them run the ball. It was, it was kind of what the Chiefs did to the to uh, the Broncos last week. We'll let you run the ball between the the twenties, and then you're going to screw up and go backwards. And if you've never been a fan of one of these types of franchises, all you got to do is wait, and something's going to screw up—a uh, yeah. fumble late, you know, an interception late. The Detroit is it's. it's you know, as a as a lifelong Atlanta sports fan, when you're playing a team like Detroit, you're like, hey, look, they're doing what we usually do uh, <laughs> to screw up a game at the end. So it, it happens. Just, you know, I, we all hate Ben, but don't break, but yeah, let let them yeah. run between the, the, the 20s. That's okay. They and you can, the thing is you can sell out to stop the run against this team. They're not going beat you beat you behind the Shane coming in this morning. What's your opinion of quarterback uh, Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati's a draft option? I've been watching him and he has some Justin Herbert like qualities.
2: Oh man. Well, Justin Herbert like qualities. That's interesting. I do feel like Herbert's ball placement coming out of Los Angeles vertically was much better than Ritter's was. And also Herbert has tears, better uh, arm talent um, than Ritter. Ritter's got a good arm. I, I think it's actually pretty good, but um, Justin Herbert is like one of the top three arms in football right now. So uh I could see a poor man's Justin Herbert, maybe, <clears throat> but uh, I, I don't mind Ritter. I think he's fine. I'm really interested to see what he does versus Alabama. I'm not putting too much weight on that game because Alabama is going to be favored by like 20 probably. But um, yeah, no, I, I think Ritter would be okay. And if you trade up in the back end of the first round and be like, listen, we love his character. We think he's brilliant. um, And we're not going to lean on him too much right away, but we think he's got a good shot to be a quality starter on that rookie contract. I can talk myself into it. I think he's, I just have a really hard time with all six of these top quarterbacks in this class where I'm like, I don't want to be the first one to take, I definitely don't want to trade up for one. I don't want to be the first one to take one. And if you have feelings about one of them, okay. I, I, I understand it. I just worry about it being when you make that investment, then you're in that investment for three years. And I don't want to personally invest in this class. If it means you're out on the next two seasons as well.
1: And Peter coming and says, how half, how high do we draft a tight end? I'll let Nick take a sip of coffee and I'll answer this one. I, and I, my answer for this one is you don't. <laughs> You, you don't take a tight end in this draft class um Fant's still under contract uh Okuwebinom looks good you can get free agent guys like sobert to come in and play uh I, I think you're you're fine at tight end um so, if you like
2: a guy day three though then like i if mean yeah
1: you could but how high yeah. It's like but you're you're this would be uh if some if somebody we really like falls in our lap then yes okay but i'm not going in thinking okay what do i need in this draft class i've got eight picks tight end doesn't come up in my eight. No, you know, it just, it it doesn't not for this class.
2: Yeah. But at the same time, uh, just push back a little bit. The board should dictate where you go, especially that late in the draft. How high
1: do we draft a tight end? Well, it depends on the board, you know, but it's, it's certainly not a position of need by any stretch. Best player available. Okay. But once you get into pick 100 to 150, the the difference between best player available is that big.
2: Yeah. It's that
1: big. So you're, you're, you're basically going for best player at a need at that point.
2: Yeah. But like, let's say in uh, round three, the Broncos have right now two round three picks and uh, they really want to start to use the tight end 12 per- personnel more. Um, and they're looking for somebody who can do a little bit of everything. Maybe Trey McBride, you know, in the third round of where you're like, you want to be that kind I'd of I'd go
1: interior line. I I personally, you know, I mean, I would rather go in, in the third either. round. I'd go, who who are my best guards and centers? Because there's a zillion of them too. So who do I like yeah. best guard centers in, in round three? And if I got two third round picks, I might go two, two interior offensive linemen. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't see, you know, maybe a seventh rounder cause he was great on special teams or, you know, he went to a small school and ran a four or five, you know, and you take a flyer on that guy like that, but, uh I, I just don't see it.
2: Yeah, no, it's, I'm very much a, I got to see what the board looks like, um, mm-hmm. when I'm on that pick, because we're not picking average players out of a hat, you know, or just a vacuum. It's not like Madden where it's like, I have to fill out my tight end spot or mm-hmm. else it's Every single one of these guys you're going to evaluate them a little differently. And uh you don't want to be like the Lions in uh, gosh, what year was it? 2013, 2014, where it's like, listen, we already have Nick Fairley and uh gosh, another first round investment. Oh, Nadama Kinsu, I think maybe on this defensive line. Nah, Aaron, Aaron Donald. Who needs him? We're already good at the defensive line. It's like, no, you take the best guys because otherwise you're gonna look like a damn idiot uh 10 years from now. Um so Diamond Rattler coming in here, five dollars saying, I already see it. The Lions will beat us 17 to 13. Boo. Everyone boo this man. Don't boo him too loud though, with it because we like the supers. We don't want to scare him off. But uh don't don't put that juju out, Diamond. Um, some BS score like that. Uh Broncos Country better be prepared to be mad. <sighs> you just make me anxious. That's all, Diamond. I'm not mad. Well, and, I'm anxious and, now.
1: Uh, take take a little bit of this, uh Mr. Rattler is it's almost to a certain extent would almost be uh, I know you'd be mad, yes, but the other side of that a little slice of you is almost relieved. You're done it's over. We have closure. (laughs) That's closure. Yeah. I mean, it's done. It's like, okay, I know where we're going. I know we're done with this. If you lose to Detroit, we are moving forward. We have a clear direction now because these guys are done. And that's a little bit reassuring to a certain extent. But yeah, you're
2: pissed off. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, We got the Broken Pirates coming in over on Twitch. always like to shout out to our Twitch folks there. Um, what would be your best case scenario round one and two picks? Um, Aiden Hutchinson falls to the Broncos. Now um, let's say realistically, the Broncos are picking middle of the first round right now. What are they right now? 14. Let's just call it 14. Um, I would love for them to, to get in the first round. to come a uh, who is the offensive tackle slash guard from North Carolina state. Uh, he is an absolute, I mean, the power that he has is insane. He is so strong at the point of attack. And I love his versatility. I think he could play four spots along the offensive line. And Javonta Williams being one of the most highly run-stuffed uh, rushing back running backs in football this season, a lot of his yards after contact this last week, um, you know how you solve those issues? You invest in some absolute butt kickers on the offensive line that displace guys at the point of attack. So Iquanu in the first, uh, solidify the trenches, and then really set yourself up for a quarterback uh, in the future as well, another offensive line investment. And then after that, two round two picks. Um, I would lean... I'll go Roger McCreary for one of them. He is a cornerback from Auburn. He has short arms, but he is, I think he'd be incredible in the slot. So I would love him. Um, Broncos are going to need a slot in this upcoming draft or something. Uh, Cause they're losing both Bryce Callahan and uh, Fuller. And those guys play 90% of your defensive snaps any given week. So that's a big starter that you're going to be needing to fill there. Um, and then uh, Arnold Ebicadee. Uh, edge rusher from Penn state. He transferred from temple Broncos need to invest in the edge rushing position. It's a deep class this year. And I think Evan Katie is very underrated. He has, he was really good against Ohio state, good against Iowa, good against Michigan. Uh, he's impressed me and he's not getting talked about enough. I think he's going to be at the senior bowl though. So you'll get a chance to see him.
1: And I can't, I can't find his name now. So I'm going to screw it up, but it's, it's the, the kid up at Michigan
2: teammate, Aiden Hutchinson, oh, David, David Ojabu. Ajabu. Ajabu. Okay.
1: That's, 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 what, yeah. that's what I thought it was. I, I saw him, you know, CBS, Ryan Wilson had him going to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Uh, yeah. You know, as much as we liked uh Owe last class, you know, a similar. He's going to put up a similar type of yeah. freak like number. I don't think he's going to match Owe. I don't know that that's going to happen again for a long time, yeah. but uh, he's, that would be a, a pretty nice pick. And, you know, I see Jordan Davis in there middle of the middle of the first, as a possibility. I think he's somebody you could be excited about, you know, when you're, when you're deactivating Mike Purcell, and then you're getting run up the gut, Jordan Davis fills that hole, literally, literally fills yeah. that hole.
2: Yep. And we got the DWI guys saying that uh, Pookie is the one and Gordon. It's the two. I want to see the touches split that way, 60, 40, Um both all three of the, let's even say it all three of the Broncos running backs. have looked pretty good. Um I was really impressed with Mike Boone uh, this last week as well. So I think the Broncos, if, if, you, you're going to be okay moving on from the likes of Melvin Gordon this off season with Mike Boone. If, if you can get Melvin Gordon back for a cheap ish deal, um, that'd be fine. But this is probably his last chance to cash in. So I can't see that happening. Um, But I think you're definitely in a, the right mindset here. As far as Pookie is one and Gordon is two. One thing I do want to get into here though, I did, did a little bit of research last night with the Detroit lions. This rush defense for the lions has it's this game scares me a little bit on paper for the Broncos. Obviously, the Lions have been playing tough and the Lions don't have anything to lose. But the Broncos this season, as we've kind of seen the trend this year, uh, teams that the Broncos can run against and they can stop the run with uh, out, you know, getting gashed and playing two high shells, those are the teams that the Broncos have been beating. But the Lions this year, their rush defense and rush offense have been pretty good. Um, they're 18th in the NFL in rush EPA per play, which is average. And they are 20th in uh, uh, rush defense. Uh, per play. They're also around there with uh, the weighted DVOA. They're 22nd in offensive rush and 23rd in defensive rush. which was not great, but it's better than they, where they are against the pass. The one and the big disparity here, Broncos this season, they've been amazing rushing the ball on third down. If it's third and short or fourth and short, besides this Chiefs game, let's put that one on to bed. The bigger sample size here. Broncos are third in the NFL in uh, rushing on third and short. Uh, however, uh, the Lions this season are the third best defense against the run on third down with a DVOA of negative 24.3. So, something's got to give here. That to me screams that Teddy Bridgewater's probably you're going to have to lean on him at some point. And uh, he's going to have to play better than he did.
1: And and this will be my last contribution before I've got to get out of here. Um I have defended the running back split all season simply because yeah. Javante Williams is a rookie and you've got a guy who's coming off a contract. You know, if you're going to run somebody in the ground who's good, Melvin Gordon's a good back. Use him up. You, use him up, you know. Yeah, what Javante Williams did against the Chiefs was great, but you just put thirty touches on a on a rookie running back. That you know, I, I firmly believe it. They're they're like cars. There's only so many miles these guys are going to have. Yep. Uh, Javante Williams has a long term future with the Denver Broncos, and especially for rookies, y'all have heard me say this before. There's a rookie wall. That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. So splitting the carries early on is one of the reasons why Javante Williams is so effective right now. Plus, that he's really good. But if yeah. you'd been getting 30 touches in weeks one through six, you wouldn't have the same Javante Williams that you do right now. So I love the idea of a 60-40 split. But more importantly, and this is what we've harped on even from the beginning, is when are those carries coming? Because yeah. I think we're done seeing Melvin Gordon in crucial situations when it matters, when you got to grind it out, when it when it's most important – you're going to see Javante Williams with the ball in his hands. And, and that's the way it should be. You you want Melvin Gordon getting 40% of the, the carries. You don't want Javante Williams touching the ball 30 times a game right now. It's just, it's not good for you long-term. And on that, appreciate everybody being here. And I've got to get going. And I will see y'all tonight on the the Huddle Up pod. I'll be in the background and making snarky comments. So appreciate y'all being here. And y'all have a good day. And enjoy the rest of your afternoon, evenings, mornings, etc.
2: Yeah, have a good one, Scott. Good luck with the poking and the prodding. And uh, now it's just me, so we're gonna hang out for a little bit and get out of here. So uh, we're gonna have an intimate conversation with the chat here, a little fireside chat. No, um, yeah. So as Scott was saying, we're gonna get a little bit more into the lines. I have a little bit more stats uh, for you guys here. So the Broncos, everybody's screaming, and I get it. Get the ball. Get the ball to the running backs. That is important for the Broncos. And uh, obviously, there's only one ball, so that you're gonna have to split it carefully. And the Broncos. You want to lean on that ground game, no doubt, but this is a game where the lions are probably going to sell out against the run. They play a very high rate of cover too, but they like to spin a safety down for run fits with a lot of those as well. And they're going to play mostly to stop the run against this Broncos team. And you still want to get the running backs involved. What does that mean? How do you still get the running backs involved? If you can't run the ball? Ah, ah, I get it. You get the running backs involved in the pass game. Exactly. And that's where everybody's screaming for Javante Williams, but still, Melvin Gordon's probably your best receiving back out of this group. And this year, the Lions are dreadful against uh, running backs in the pass game. They are 31st in the NFL uh, with uh, op- opponents using running backs in the run game at 42.7 DVOA. So that speaks a lot to the safeties and the linebackers uh, for the Lions. And they just, they struggle in coverage. So, Broncos, you need to get the running backs involved. Doesn't necessarily have to be exactly through the rush game. Every single time you can get them involved in the pass game. Um, and that should be good. And that honestly, I don't know why the Broncos haven't done it more this year, uh, getting the running backs involved in the pass game. It could be because the offensive tackles, they don't really trust them, um, as much in pass protection over long snaps. So you're keeping a running back back there to chip to provide another outlet or against, uh, Uh, leaking rushers up the middle. But this is a game where the Lions, I don't really, they don't blitz a lot. They're one of the lower blitz rate teams in the NFL this year. They send four a vast majority of the time. And you you should hope that Massey slash Bulls should hold up against this Lions uh, rushing attack. They're not very good uh, in that sense. So getting the running backs more involved in the pass game is going to be extremely important for this game. and something that I hope Shermer, looking at the stats can get done, Uh, but we'll see. I mean, you never know. Uh, we got Richie Rich coming in here saying, "Nick, where have the Lions performed the worst against running backs catching it between the Denver's? Um, where have the Lions? Blah blah blah. I'm oh, you see, see the exact area of where they've uh, been the worst, uh, man, Richie Rich. You're talking about really uh, digging down in the data there and like watching every single Lions game. I don't have a heat map or something with running back targets, um, so I can't tell you exactly where they struggle." But as bad as they are, you would assume, and looking at the roster as well for the Lions, it probably has a lot to do with the uh, the linebackers. I know that the Lions have a very fun linebacking core somewhat. Uh, they have Alex Anzalone, who is a former Saints. He played for the uh, Florida Gators as well, and uh, he has that long blonde hair. Uh, you'll definitely know him when you see him, but uh, he has been a pretty good player in the run game, but not very good in space. Uh, so if you can target him, if you can isolate either a Melvin Gordon or a Javante Williams against the linebackers in space, that would be great. Also Jalen Reeves. Maven is a very small linebacker and he really goes to the point where I wish people would understand this more, but, uh, Jalen Reed's Maven is a prime example of athleticism, does not equal coverage ability. He is pretty good coming downhill and playing sidelines to sideline, but he is just not good, not good in coverage. Uh, doesn't have control. Uh, he's kind of like a Devin Bush as well. Oh, Devin Bush is so athletic. He's not good in the pass game, guys. Josie Jewell, not athletic enough. One of the, I think he's the top four graded pass coverage or pro football focused pass coverage grade, um, like week six last year to week two this year. So he is athleticism does not equal coverage from the linebacker spot. It obviously helps. And there's a point where if you're not, if you're so unathletic, it's going to hurt you. But uh, this Lions game, they got to target. They have to target the, uh, the linebackers in the past game with the running backs. The Lions also tend to struggle against running our wide receiver ones in the past game. I think they're 27th in the NFL against wide receiver ones. So maybe this is a game. You finally see Cortland Sutton getting involved. They really need to get these wide receivers involved down the field. And the Lions are dreadful. Against the pass this season, I have the stats right here. As far as uh, pass defense, e- EPA per play, they are thirtieth in the NFL at point two three seven. Dreadful, dreadful, dreadful. Their defensive pass DVOA equally bad, 21.7, 28th in the NFL. So this is a this is definitely setting up as a Teddy Bridgewater bounce back game because the opposition is just that bad. So uh, hopefully the Broncos can take advantage of it. Uh, you do have to start to wonder. I believe that is Teddy Bridgewater healthy? Is he okay? Um, he looks really dinged up. Is that uh, the shots of Toradol that he's probably getting before the games um, working for him? Is it, is it messing with him at all? Uh, he's limping. He doesn't look as engaged on the sideline. So uh, hopefully hopefully Teddy can play well because we know and I see the chat still debating it for who knows why. Um, but uh, we know that Drew Locke's not going to play um, pretty much no matter what. Uh, he doesn't have trust uh, from the coaches or people in that building to take the field right now it seems. So uh, not going to play. Um, so I just might as well bury that one unless you want to talk about ghosts, uh, the rest of the show. We can do that. Um, but it'll be Teddy, and hopefully he can take care of the football and take advantage of this terrible Detroit Lions, uh, pass defense. Um, so, you yeah, know, we'll see. Uh, it should be interesting. Uh, we got Jason Peters coming in. Ooh, this is a great question here. Who has a better game, Noah Fant or TJ Hawkinson? I'm gonna go TJ Hawkinson in this one, and it is more to do, it has more to do with the, uh, the weapons around TJ Hawkinson, then it does this battle. And I love both these uh, tight ends, uh, obviously Iowa Hawkeyes. And I love TJ Hawkinson coming out that draft. Um, just much more of a in control and nuanced football player. I feel like Noah Fant only, ha- he's like a old school controller when he plays, he only has a and B to go forward as fast as he can or stop. Um, there's no nuance or throttle um, in his subtlety uh, or in his movement skills. But um, TJ Hawkinson, very subtle in his movement, very athletic, not as af- uh, not as athletic as Fant but more in control. So he'll, I think he'll have a better game. And uh, yeah, I think it's also kind of funny. We can talk about this for a second, Um, but uh, Trinity Benson, a lot of Broncos country. Oh man. Why would George Payton do that? Trade Trinity Benson. Trinity Benson has like what? Five catches on the season. And Broncos were able to get two draft picks for Trinity Benson. Um, So hats off to George Payton on that one for getting rid of a player. Sure. Maybe the Broncos could have used Benson when hammer went down, when uh, Jerry Judy was out, et cetera, et cetera. But um uh, good job by Peyton turning around a fringe starter at wide receiver and getting draft capital back. Um, we got another question uh, from BX and Teddy has to have a season ending injury uh, before we see lock. I mean, that's probably true. Um, maybe even you see Rippin next time. Something like that happens. Uh, I would, if Teddy gets hurt, hurt uh, like out for the season, then probably more likely to see lock. But if, and if it's a spot duty where Teddy gets hurt in a game, maybe we see Rippin as the guy whose shoulders tapped on. Uh, we'll see. Richie Rich coming back in saying, Nick, do you see a need to change the offensive line players to better fit or protect Teddy in this game? Oh, man. Change it. I think it's more so scheme scheming the game where you have less true dropbacks and are protecting the quarterback more with uh, situational football. So that means winning on first and second down, rushing the football and not playing from behind. Teddy's getting killed because the offensive line has been up and down. And Teddy likes to hold the ball as well. Um, As much as we like to... Laud uh, Quinn Miners so far this season when he's played and he's been much better than anybody could have expected But his pass protection has been rough. It just it just has he's been getting beat pretty consistently in the past game Um, So he's gonna have to get better there and Teddy's taken some hits because of struggles there from The likes of minors and the backup tackles when he had them But Teddy also invites that pressure by holding on the football Don't let's not act like he is free of any blame as far as pass rush. So change anything on the offensive line Probably not. It's more so again, rushing the football, not a lot of seven step drops, controlling the game and not asking Teddy to do too much. And that's, that means complimentary football from the special teams to the defense as well. So uh, we'll see what happens. Um, DBA saying Teddy legitimately sucks. Don't know how people don't see that man. He is. I don't know. I think people live in a binary world and I don't think Teddy completely sucks. I think Teddy is probably he's a spot starter he's in that Andy Dalton range where he's not out there outright losing games for you by turning it over consistently, like where you're winning um, or like to the point where you can't even run your offense because they are so unintelligent that they can't pick up the concepts or translate it to the field. Um, That's when you're the guy who, guys who legitimately suck. And I don't think that is Teddy, but Teddy is one that you are really capped and limited. And if the game falls on him, you're probably sunk. So and that's not a good quarterback either. It's probably league average because a lot of teams are looking for that, but his a lot of his stats fall of league average this season. So um obviously he's been better in those first few games and he's been struggling more as the season has gone on, but still, I mean, there's a lot of teams that have worse quarterback situations than the Broncos right now and um uh, it sucks to be average, no doubt about it, but um it's also, it's probably better than a guy who's turning over the ball constantly and can't even grasp your very basic offense where you have to dumb it down for them. And, uh, that's probably where, I mean, that's where we're going to be for the rest of the season. It's, it sucks, but, uh, you're six and six right now. And you've had injuries on the offensive line and the linebacking core, and you're still six and six. So, um, I don't know. It seems pretty easy to to answer that. <laughs> and we got Tyler coming in here. I'm just dying. Uh, Rohan will answer big Lord of the Rings fan here. Um, let's get into it. Um, DH3 saying, yeah, Teddy is surely our guy. He's garbage, but he's our garbage. I'm cool with that. Wake me up after June. DH, you gotta stick around for the playoffs, man. You're gonna miss football when uh you're gonna miss football when the season's over. And we got meaningful football in December and a lot of fun excited uh to be excited about on this team as well, even if Teddy is just a stopgap guy. And the Broncos traded a six round pick for him. They renegotiate his contract to go from two years to one year. They are paying him four point five million. Nothing screams stopgap. We're just trying to keep the boat afloat for one season before we get to land. Like all the all the circumstances surrounding Teddy, uh, Richie Rich coming and saying Nick, one spot I was curious about was Moody versus Reisner. Uh, if you're talking about this season versus uh, going forward, Mo- you hope Moody will step forward. But you talk about Quinn Miners struggling in pass protection. Moody has struggled worse in pass protection than Quinn Miners. He has he has very short arms, and against defensive tackles with length, he has been whipped. In pass protection. So it might be something that he's never that good at. And, you know, maybe he never ends up being a good guard uh, because he is so limited in pass protection. But right now, uh, Reisner, while he doesn't get the push that Moody does in the ground game, uh, Reisner is far and away the better option because he's not as likely to give up a house call sort of thing in pass protection. And that can get your quarterback killed. Um, we have some more comments in here. Uh, Te- Chad saying Teddy's turned one touchdown pass since week seven. He has Sutton, Judy, Patrick, and the fan. He sucks. Um, he's not great guys. I don't know what to tell you. We can keep screaming about it, but the reality is he's way better than drew Bach. So put that one to bed. Um, it sucks, but uh, here we are. Um, that's, I mean, and this is what we knew was going to happen. We said it like, Hey, if you bring in Teddy Bridgewater and you don't draft a young quarterback, odds are, you're going to be stuck in middle ground and really dependent on bringing in a great quarterback, uh, this off season when the options are going to be limited. And unfortunately, uh, that's where we are right now. So hopefully they can figure it out, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, But uh, I'm just going to steer away from the drew lock stuff because I mean, we've seen enough. I've seen enough. He's done in Denver. If you want to, if you want to find that uh, you can probably find another show to keep talking about that. Um, But guys, the other thing that we haven't even talked about in this one just yet is the lions are sick. And I think that's a really important point for this game coming up for the Broncos is that the lions right now are dealing with the flu bug Uh, and that should help the Broncos a lot. I mean, the flu is obviously not the other thing that's going around right now, but it can really impact the locker room. And the Lions had a lot of players um, out this last week uh, with the flu bug. Uh, you had Jared Goff dealing with the injury. Penny Sewell dealing with the injury. Michael Brockers, one of the better defensive uh, run-stuffing defensive linemen in football. Um, sick. You have Jonah Jackson, a starting guard for the Lions, dealing with the flu. Uh, John Penicini, uh, I believe, defensive tackle from Utah. Sick. And Nick Williams. So uh, the Lions are very, very injured. And that's going to be an issue with them um, in this game. If they can stick up against the Broncos, that's going to be a, that could be the thing for them, but uh, we'll see. Um, we will see. So who knows know what's going to happen. I want to hear what your guys' uh, score prediction here is in this Lions game as well. Um, do you think the Broncos are going to win by what snap um, by what rate, you know, we'll see. Um, but Uh, it's going to be tough. So guys, I'm probably going to get on out of here pretty soon, unless we got some more chats coming in. Um, but it should be a good game for the Broncos. Can they make it to the playoffs? It starts by winning this game against the lions this week. The lions are not a very good team, but they are going to play tough. No doubt about it. Um, Jared Goff is not a good quarterback. Uh, he's worse than Teddy than every way that people get upset about Teddy. So, uh hopefully Broncos fans will get to enjoy that one as well. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, going to be a fun one. I think Broncos fans should enjoy it. There's not a lot of games left and the Broncos team is six and six right now and playing meaningful football. That's pretty much what we expected at this point with Teddy Bridgewater uh, this season as a starting quarterback. So it is what it is. And hopefully this Broncos team, we can win some football games, show that this is a good team and inspire, uh, inspire maybe uh, the, <laughs> the likes of uh, Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers to come to Denver. Um, so yeah, uh, Oh, I like this one from Jeremy, uh, Jared Goffel. Yeah. Terrible. And Jared Goff is like the reason that, uh, I am pretty much out on the totally immobile quarterbacks is because they just completely zap what you can do. Um, and man, Jared Goff is a statue out there. He's terrible. Um, former first round pick folks. Crazy, uh, crazy to see that, but we appreciate you guys. Um, Broncos are going to be fun down the stretch here and hopefully going to be above 500. After that, I will see you guys again, uh, Saturday night for mile high insiders. And I know that you guys will see Scott and all those people tonight with, uh, the huddle up podcast with, uh, Chad and Zach. So it's going to be fun to see. Um, and yes, uh, Bridgewater is way better than luck. So I t- why do I keep taking the bait here? I shouldn't, j- I should just not do it. Um, you know, put that one to bed. It's like, uh, the end of uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall where they're talking on the beach. It's like, uh, Listen, you're talking about everybody. You gotta, you gotta stop talking about it. It's like the end of the end of the Sopranos. It's over. Find a new show. Um, and just like that, this show is over today as well. Thank you guys so much. Have a good one. We appreciate you. Uh, stay safe. Choose kindness, and we will see you again later. Go Broncos.
1: Head on over to MileHighHuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos
0: country.